Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 33, a little bonus episode for you mamas called How to Get Your Kids to Take a Daily Quiet Time. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Surprise! It's a Friday and I'm airing an episode. I couldn't resist doing something a little special this week to thank you for all of your amazing reviews that you left. I asked for some reviews for my birthday week. And oh my goodness, you delivered. And I'm so grateful. But one of the things that's so hard for me about the reviews is I can't respond to them. I love reading them. And then I'm not able to just hit reply and tell you thank you and how much your words mean to me. So I wanted to tell you that here. Thank you. You made my birthday so great. I woke up in the morning And I opened my reviews and I read them. And as you probably guessed, (laughs) my love language is totally words of affirmation. So hearing these messages about the ways that you are implementing 3 and 30 in your own homes and with your families and your kids was honestly the best gift I could have ever gotten. I loved it. It started my birthday off on such a great note that just continued throughout the day. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, my husband and I read a few together and they they amaze us and we're like humbled and grateful when we read them. And then some of them also make us laugh. Uh, there's one that I wanted to read because we laughed so hard. The title is, This Helps Me Be a Better Mom Equals Happier Human. And it says, Thank you so much for keeping on topic, getting to the meat of every subject, having a variety of guests, stating and repeating the three takeaways, and being honest. I found that even if I don't do the specific takeaways, listening to this consistently helps me be on my mom game. Whereas before, I went through days hoping nothing too difficult came up. Now when something does, I mom the crap out of that situation like a challenge I can't wait to get my hands on. 
thank you for setting up each episode to be constructive and on topic so that I know when I choose this podcast, it is always worth the time. And my husband and I were just dying laughing over. I mommed the crap out of that situation. <laughs> so thanks for making us laugh. Another review mentioned that she feels like I'm scrolling to see if I can find it. She says, by having a weekly reminder about the mom I want to be and how I can achieve it, I really feel like my parenting is changing. The biggest changes are that I've been more patient with my children and I've started working my own personal passion project. And I just wanted to say that is exactly how I feel. Since starting this podcast, my parenting is changing. The person who's benefiting the most is me. I'm learning so much and I'm so grateful for those of you who are listening and for those of you who said that you feel like we're friends, we are friends. I mean that. So feel free to reach out to me anytime on email, 3in30podcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram and I always respond to comments and DMs, 3in30podcast on Instagram. So enough about that. Let's get to the meat of what I want to talk about today. So in last week's episode, or this week's episode, rather, I interviewed Jamie Cook about how to have the best summer ever. And I mentioned the importance in our family of having a daily quiet time. And I did give a few little tips about how to make a quiet time happen. But then I've gotten some comments and messages from people who said they want more on quiet time. They really want to make quiet time happen in their homes this summer, but how do they do it? How can they get their kids to do it? I want to start off by saying my kids are not the quiet, demure type of kids that are like, yes, mother, we will go sit in our rooms for an hour by ourselves and play quietly. I mean, honestly, do kids like that exist? But I know some kids are much more easygoing. They have calmer temperaments where that may be more natural for them. That is not the case for my kids. And so I totally feel you if you're thinking my kids would never do a quiet time on their own. Um, Because yes, (laughs) I totally get that. My kids are the same way. But my kids do do a daily quiet time because of some of the systems that we've put in place to make it work. So I'm going to share three of those today with you, three ways that you can get your kids to do a daily quiet time. I promised myself that I would do this bonus episode in one take, meaning I will not stop and re-record anything if I feel like I didn't word it just right. If Sally comes in and interrupts me, you're going to hear her cute little voice. I'm not editing. I'm not even going to listen to it before I post it because this is just a bonus episode, right? So I don't have to be such a perfectionist. So here goes. Number one, way to get your kids to take a quiet time actually starts with you. And that is takeaway number one is to remember how good it is for them to have a daily quiet time. I put that as my first takeaway because for me, when I'm trying to do something hard with my kids, it always helps me to remember how good it is for them. 
So whether that is trying to help them sleep through the night or other things where it's really easy to just give up and give in to them because I feel bad for them a little bit or I'm worrying that maybe I'm being a mean parent or I'm too tired to deal with it and be consistent, it's so helpful when I just remind myself, Rachel, this is so good for them. I'm not being a mean parent. I'm being a good parent because of what they're going to gain from the result of having this habit. So let me tell you why I think quiet time is so good for kids, at least for my kids. I have seen more creativity during that hour of the day than pretty much any time the rest of the day. So my kids do an hour of quiet time each day. um, And I've come in after and I see Lego creations that I would never expect for them to be able to build. Noah will have engineered like double tiered bridges and he can explain to me the the trusses, trusses, trusses and how it all works and these whole worlds that he's created with all of his blocks and even his blankets. He's created water and I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. I just think that when he has a long block of time where he knows that he can't leave his room, so he can't go downstairs and start watching a show, he can't go find me and tell me he's bored, he can't do anything but sit there and play, his creativity and his work gets deep, much deeper than at any other time of the day because he's not distracted. And I think it is so, so good for him. And I've seen the same things happening with my daughter, Sally, as she's growing older, the types of things that she creates during her quiet time. I also think it's really good for them to learn how to play alone, to learn how to be away from a screen and still entertain themselves, and to learn what to do with boredom. I mean, the list could go on and on. I think quiet time is legitimately amazing for them. Obviously, it's amazing for me, but that will might start to feel like a little bit of a selfish motivation. So instead, when it's hard to enforce quiet time, I think, no, this is the best thing for them. Another perk to it is if you have a consistent daily quiet time in your home, then you can do it even when you're on vacation or it's holiday time and your kids will go along with it because they're used to it. So like even at my in-laws house, my my dad's house or when we're on vacation, you know, somewhere else, I'll say to my kids, "Okay, it's time for quiet time." And amazingly, they don't really fight it. I'll take them away from their cousins, I'll put them in their room and give them their hour of quiet time. And I think it is so great for them to have that reset during those times of year that can be so overstimulating. Uh, So again, really think it's a gift to them as well as a gift to me. So that's my first takeaway. Remember how good it is for them when it's really hard. Second takeaway, set them up for success in quiet time. You can't just put them in their room and say, okay, I'll come, you know, I'm coming back in an hour for you. Deal with it, kid. I mean, you can do that, but 
(laughs) then don't be surprised if it doesn't go that well. So the way that I set my kids up for success is I try to get them interesting, creative type toys that inspire creative play that they can use during quiet time. Things like Legos, magformers, blocks, um, coloring books, puzzles. Noah really likes listening to audiobooks, so I got him a little CD player, like an old school boombox, and I check out audio CDs from the library, and I put them in his little CD player, and they play during his quiet time. Now, you could also play stuff um, like kids' podcasts or audiobooks from a device, but then I worry that he'll get on the device and start playing the device, and I really want quiet time to be screen-free. So I just got the little boom box and that's how we do it in our house. I don't really rotate the toys that they take into quiet time. I just let them play with the same toys every day. But I have heard of some families who will rotate. Like one day they get the Lincoln Logs. One day they get the Legos. One day they get so that it stays really novel. And I think that that's a really good idea too. Another way to set them up for success is to give them a way to track the time that's passing. You can just use a little digital clock if they know their numbers. And you can say, you can even like put tape over the minutes and just say, okay, right now it says two. And when it says three, you'll be done. Um, You'd obviously probably have to adjust the clock so it's not actually the real time of the day but you're teaching them to recognize when an hour is up. But my favorite way, we have a little clock that we bought called the OK to Wake Clock, and it is honestly my very favorite parenting purchase I've ever made. It's this little clock, and it's kind of a round ball, and I set the time the nap time it's you know a nap timer but they're not actually sleeping for one hour and they can see on the screen the minutes counting down backwards so they can see that they have five minutes left four minutes left three minutes left and when the time's up then the whole clock turns green and it's like green means go you're done so it's very visual for the kids and then they don't have to come out and ask me a hundred times how many minutes are left or if they're done yet, because they have their clocks in their room. That clock is also amazing for teaching kids that they have to stay in bed or in their rooms till a certain time in the morning, because it has a setting where you can set it for the time to turn green, like 7 a.m. or 6.30 or whatever it is, and it turns green, then they know that they can come out of their room. And then it also has a nap setting, which will count backwards so that they know how long their nap or their quiet time is. So I will put a link to that clock in the show notes of this episode if you're interested in getting that. But I feel like having interesting toys for them to play with, perhaps rotating them, and having a clock that in some way sets them up for success to track the amount of time they've been in quiet time is super helpful. Then my third takeaway, and this may be the most important one, is to train them to stay in quiet time by starting really small. 
So if you know that there's no way your kids are staying in their rooms for quiet time for an hour, start with 10 minutes. Heck, start with five minutes if that's all you can get out of them right now. So you get your little green clock or whatever system you're going to use and you set it for five minutes, (laughs) which seems so short, but hey, for a two-year-old, maybe it's five minutes, you explain to them what's going to happen. You're going to play by yourself. These are your special toys. And when this clock turns green, you can come out. And if they make it all the way to five minutes, you celebrate the heck out of them and praise them and you let them come out. And maybe you do that several times in one day if it's only a five minute quiet time. Maybe a couple hours later, you do it again for five minutes. You do that for a few days and then you up it to 10 minutes. And when they come out of their room, after 10 minutes, you celebrate. You're awesome. Your clock turned green. Yay, I'm so glad to see you. And so on and so forth, slowly moving back the time little by little by little until you're up to an hour or whatever it is that you want for your family's quiet time. And I would say that this principle is true for anything that we want our kids to learn how to do. They have to learn, they have to be trained and they have to learn slowly. They're not just going to know how to do things the very first time. And I think sometimes as moms, we can try something like twice and then be like, see, it doesn't work for my kids. The end, it's over. My little sister actually made this point after I aired an episode about how moms can find motivation to exercise because my little sister is a really diligent exerciser. And she exercises at home and she said that she has taught her kids slowly but surely that they have to leave her alone when she's exercising. She's like, the very first time that I put on an exercise video, did they leave me alone the whole 30 minutes? Of course not. But she's like, but I started with five minutes and then I moved it up little by little and I taught them over and over again, this is mommy's workout time and this is what you can be doing while I'm working out. Until now, she said, they totally know the drill and they leave her alone for the 30 minutes. So this principle can apply to anything that's important to us as moms that we can help teach and train our kids to respect that. Um, And then I would say along with this takeaway that you have to insist. You have to stick to your guns. So if you say we're doing five minutes of quiet time, and they come out before that, you have to put them back in. Um, And from all of the books that I've read on, on sleep, sleep training, the principle is you give them no attention at all. So when they come out, you just pick them up or you take their hand, you walk them back into their room, you might point at their little green clock or whatever it is, and you leave. And you do it over and over and over until they realize mom is not giving in. You know, I have to wait for that light to turn green. And oh my gosh, it takes so much patience as a mom. But you just do it over and over and over until they realize that you mean business. Another thing you can do that I am not opposed to is getting some like something for the doorknob so that they can't open the door like a little, you know, or even like a little little latch lock, which I know some moms would be horrified by. 
but you're right there in the room next to them. If they need you, you're right there. Um, so just recognizing that it's okay to insist. And one thing that I've done with my daughter, who is much harder to keep in quiet time than my son, is I'll tell her she wants the door open. And I say, okay, I will leave the door open. But if you come out, then I have to shut the door. And sometimes she still chooses to come out and then I shut the door. Um, But a lot of times she realizes that she wants the door to stay open and so she doesn't come out. And if she comes out even after the door is closed, then I might say, well, I'm going to have to do your little latch lock now. Um, But very rarely do I have to do that because she knows that I'm super serious about it. And that goes back to takeaway number one. Because I remember how good it is for her. So even though I'm like, oh, is this mean to make her stay in there? No, it's very good for her. It's totally reasonable. She needs a break from the stimulation. I need a break from the stimulation. And this is going to be a great habit for her to have, for our family to have in so many instances. So those are my three takeaways for how to get your kids to take a quiet time, even if your kids are really strong-willed. I truly think that if my two firecracker kids can learn how to do quiet time, then pretty much any kid can learn how to do quiet time. I could totally be wrong on that. You may have the kid who's an exception, but try these three takeaways and see. If you want more ideas for how to make quiet time part of your family, there's a couple of additional resources I want to point you to. April Perry from Power of Moms wrote an article called Quiet Time 101, where she goes into great detail about how to do quiet time as a family, including all the way up through when kids are, you know, middle schoolers and teenagers. And then also Jansen from Everyday Reading has a really good article as well about how she has instituted quiet time in her family and how she thinks that it is the best thing that she's ever done as a parent, (laughs) which is great. So I will link both of those two articles in my show notes, as well as that okay to wake alarm clock. So here's the three takeaways. Number one, remember how good quiet time is for your kids. It will help them to learn how to do deep, creative, independent play. So remember that. Number two, set them up for success by making sure that they have interesting novel toys that inspire creative play, as well as perhaps a way to track the time. And third, expect that you'll have to train them and teach them and start small and work up from there. And if you do those three things, I really think that you'll be able to have daily quiet time in your family. I love and appreciate you moms so much. I truly do. Thank you for giving me the best birthday present ever by leaving so many reviews this week. I am also sending out my monthly newsletter today with all of the takeaways from the past month. So the three takeaways from every episode in May. If you want to be on that list and you're not on that list yet, 
you can sign up at my website, 3in30podcast.com. So what did you think of this little informal bonus episode? I kind of felt like I was rambling. I may have been boring. Let me know what you think. And if this is something that I should do more regularly, just hop on and give you something quick later in the week. I hope you guys have a fantastic week and keep making memories and building those relationships with your family.